this is something that is really only, I think, applicable to women-led businesses. I don't think male-led businesses have the same expectation or opportunity. And that is founders as the face of the brand and really like founders being at the front of TikTok content. And, you know, these women I'm speaking to are like, I didn't think that being a business owner meant that I was going to be a part-time content creator or a full-time content creator. Like I'm interested in product innovation and I'm interested in business, but I'm an influencer now, you know, and that's kind of this really interesting thing that putting yourself as the spokesperson for your brand is like the cheapest, quickest, best way to connect with people and to sell product. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Hello, my cosmic baddies. Oh, I have such a treat in store for you today. Get comfortable, get cozy. We have a very special guest on the podcast, someone who is like an internationally renowned, just digital communication specialist, skincare guru, podcast host, like multi-hyphenate babe to the max. Today we have on Jasmine Garnsworthy. She is the founder of the natural skincare line, The Buff. She is the creator of the Female Founder World Podcasting Community. Prior to doing all that, you might have seen her name or recognized her byline because she is all over the interweb. She was a fashion and beauty editor in the United States and Australia, writing for titles such as Pop Sugar, Stylecaster, Mamma Mia. It's like she has a superpower for managing digital properties. She's reached millions of people. She's really great at working with brands such as Shopbop, Revlon. Facebook, Bumble, and I even saw uh, New York Magazine called her a digital communications expert. And she also casually is a consultant to UN women. So she is a powerhouse. She is knows so much about the digital and natural beauty space. She's written for like a billion outlets. And basically when she talks, we listen. So get your pen and paper out. Today's going to be a juicy episode. I am so excited to have her on as today's Cosmic Change Maker. Welcome, Jasmine. Hi. Maddie, thank you so much. That was the loveliest intro I've ever heard. Thank you. Oh my goodness. You've done so much. I was like looking at, you know, doing my Googling. I was like, I could just have a podcast about each and every one of these articles. You, you're a busy lady. You're lot, lots of words out there on the internet by you. <laughs> A lot of words out there, that's for sure. When I got married, there was like a conversation around changing my name. And I was like, hey, like, no, there's good SEO on, on this name. I'm not changing it. <laughs> Literally, like, yeah, like the SEO, like people pay top dollar for that. Totally. So, like, no, that's so true. Okay, so tell people like in your own words, what do you do? Like when you meet someone at a cocktail party, if people even like, do people even do cocktail parties anymore? But if you were at a cocktail party, how would you describe like what you do? Yeah. So I am, like you said, I'm a podcast host and an entrepreneur. I have a skincare business called The Buff, which is currently undergoing a pretty big revamp and relaunch at the moment, which is just a huge exercise, but super exciting. 
And yeah, I'm a community builder and a content creator with a background in fashion and beauty editorial. So that's kind of my like elevator pitch for myself. I love that. So, so many layers, so many levels on the elevator. <laughs> okay. So clearly we love, I just love a multi-passionate around here. I love someone, a big part of why I wanted to do these interviews on the podcast is I think that for myself, I felt very limited in the concept of purpose when I was younger. Cause I was like, well, there's not mm. one thing I want to do. I want to have like many lifetimes within this lifetime. So I love interviewing people who do just that, who like hold the whole multiverse of things they're doing. But tell us a little bit about your journey. Like how did you start off with writing and, and kind of in this digital space, like you made such a name for yourself. How did you start that? Yeah. And I mean, I love what you say there about, you know, being a multifaceted person. I think I'm definitely someone who throughout my career, especially when I was younger, I constantly wanted to drill down and have one thing, but I kept kind of being pulled out again and broadening out again. And I really was just like, how am I going to be an expert in anything if I'm interested in so many different things? But Mm. it's something that as I've gotten older, I've discovered is its own superpower as well. Oh, love that. Soundbite alert. (laughs) Everyone write that down. That is a superpower. I feel like traditional business paradigms are like niche down, niche down. And it's like, that feels like old. That feels like going by the wayside, right? Because there's no like, there's no like vibrancy in that. It's like, no, do all the things that like light you up. Those are what you're, if if it lights you up, you're meant to be exploring that. Yeah, totally. I think what makes like interesting content and also interesting businesses as well is just being able to connect disparate ideas and bring them together to create something new. If you're someone who's just in one siloed space, like how are you going to innovate or create if you don't have anywhere else to pull inspiration from? No depth and texture, just flat. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I love that. Okay, I'm going to go to your question now. I feel like I've yeah. heard No, that was a great, that was just, we could end the podcast right there. That was really, really good information. But yeah, okay, answer the question. <laughs> so I got started, I originally thought I was going to work in public relations and I was like the most career-driven teenager you have ever seen. <laughs> I had a job at the age of 13 and then was interning when I was like the first, my first year in university and got a job at like my dream fashion PR agency, like a year in, which was, so I was like going to work full time and study part time. And that was the thing. And I, I kind of arrived on day one and absolutely hated it and just had this huge like crisis around (laughs) who am I, if I'm not this, like I've built myself for this to be my career, but I just like absolutely hated it. So I ended up applying for a job at what was at the time the only fashion retailer in Australia. And Australia is like a few years behind, sorry, the only online fashion retailer. And Australia is a few years behind the US. Like this wasn't that long ago that there was like nothing happening in e-commerce. And yeah, I got a job as a copywriter. I was doing social media, which like at the time, Instagram was pretty new. I was kind of figuring that out. We did like a YouTube styling show for them. And it was just this like great lesson in content creation and startups as well. They brought in kind of the head of a department who was formerly at one of like the really big print publications. And so I had this amazing mentor as well in her who had come from this like really traditional background and got to apply all of it in this really like scrappy digital first way, which just made me fall in love with digital publishing and digital content. And, you know, all ideas about ever being a fashion editor for print were kind of went out the window when I fell in love with like the immediacy of creating your content and seeing it perform straight away, like in that job. 
And that's kind of how I got started. Oh, wow. Very cool. That's such a fun, like, yeah, boots on the ground experience doing all of that. And we're going to talk about taking notes as you're talking because I'm like, I like hearing how your story is like, so like your chart is pinging off of me. I'm like, yes, yes, that totally checks out. Okay. So you're like officially in the digital realm, Mm -hmm. writing, creating fun content. Also like shout out to all of our like social media pioneers. I started like, I just wanted to basically quit my job and like a few years ago and I was like, I'm going to just freelance like social media. And at the time it was so new, but I was like, I think this works. And it was so, it was so fun. I remember talking to certain people. I mean, like, they'd be like, I don't know if this whole Instagram thing's really, really legit, if it's really going to stick around. And I was like, I think it is like for now. <laughs> so I just like shout out to the early like content creation people. Totally. They were wild times. Wild times. Like everything is like throwing things at a wall, like hoping it sticks. But mm-hmm. I remember just feeling how fun it was because I actually had worked at a magazine and it was a really big publication in New York. And the red tape of it all, like, was so, everything was so slow. And even I was working on their website, but it was like, you got to do all this approval and do all these things. And I remember being like, we should be on social media more. And they're like, I don't know. Like, God, they have to approve it and they have to do this. And then when I finally started just working on, like, full freelance social media. I was like, great, you make something, you publish it that day. Like you do yep. something, you feel how it, you know, how the audience is liking it. You can do anything. So expansive. So you're doing that. Then you obviously got like some traction because you became an editor for small online publications. Yeah. So basically what happened from there is I was introduced to this woman. Her name is Mia Friedman. And at the time she had what was kind of like an up and coming, like people were calling it a mommy blog. It wasn't, it was a digital publishing platform, but we were so early in digital publishing that nobody knowed what to, what to call it really. Like it was, it was so new and especially in Australia, like none of the magazines had digital properties at all at the time. It was, and I'm only talking like, how long ago was this? 2010, maybe 2011. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, so much has happened in that time. But I was introduced to her and she was hiring for a style and e-commerce editor to kind of launch their online store mm. and also like be responsible for the fashion and style content. And I applied for the job. I got it at the time. I think I was maybe 21. So I was like pretty young. And I worked there for a couple of years. The online store fell flat. It didn't work. And I got a job elsewhere, which was Pop Sugar. So again, this is like I was 22 or 23, really young and became the fashion editor at Pop Sugar in Australia, which was just, you know, this wild opportunity that I didn't even know how big the opportunity was at the time. But as the site like continued to grow and we really fully understood how big it was in the US as well and that we had these incredible resources and people that we could learn from and really bring that digital first approach to publishing to Australia. That was like one of the most formative experiences in my career and I think that's like really where I built up the confidence to do what I'm doing now. Wow. Okay, that's so cool. So the, I mean, I'm not gonna call it mommy blog to insult it, but I also know back, it was like a woman has a website. It's a mommy blog. Totally. She has children. She's a mom. Like, mommy blog. <laughs> What's wrong with society? I know. So that, you're saying that fell through and then the pop sugar opportunity came? Yeah. So I worked for the, the site is called Mamma Mia. Now they're literally, they're the biggest independent publisher in Australia. Mamma Mia, they're really great, really big and into like podcasting and, and all of it. And I still like consume all of their content and I still have a bunch of content on their website as well. And, but that really like, 
started their trajectory into digital publishing for me. Ah, that is so amazing. Okay, so obviously, let's shift gears. You are, we're going to talk about it, but you're a Taurus, Mm -hmm. and Tauruses are all about hard work. They build things. They're always like building things from the ground up. So I'm loving hearing everything you're saying. But Taurus is ruled by Venus, which is all about beauty and luxury and pleasure and like connecting to your five senses. So you also then somewhere in the midst of like publishing like a million articles, I think I was listening to you on a podcast. And at the time you were writing like, you said you were, or that you had been writing like four or five articles a day. Yeah. Actually at Pop Sugar, we were doing 10 stories a day. It was crazy times. It's just, I don't even know. You just have to be super quick, be really, you know, do the gut check. Is it right? Is it a good story? Yes, no, go. Like there's no time to. Oh my God. (laughs) So somewhere in the middle of thinking of ideas, researching and writing 10 articles a day, which is mind blowing, you somewhere along the way started a skincare line. I did. So this is 2016, 2017. And by this point, I've moved to New York. I had worked for Dialcaster in the US for a little while and then left and started freelancing. I kind of was someone that always knew that I wanted to work for myself. I just didn't know what that was going to be. And while I was at Stylecaster and I was kind of had my eye on the on the door and wanting to freelance, I had started doing a few like branded content pieces and just to kind of get that client base up and running. And as I was kind of moving off that job and into the freelance world, I had this idea for a beauty brand that, and you've got to remember like 2016 was a couple of years after Glossier launched, like the beauty space was really different to what it is now. There's so much in the space now. And there was a lot of product there, but there was still like, I feel like a lot more space for innovation on brands. So much. Like I think Glossier like blew everyone's mind when it came out because there was nothing like that at the time. Totally. And they cop it now. And like some people are like, oh, it's dated. But I'm like, unless you were in it and in the space and saw what they did at the time, it was completely mind blowing what she did. The vision that she had was incredible. But yeah, so I had this idea for a beauty brand that was customized, a natural beauty brand I'd been seeing in the fashion space because I was writing a lot of fashion content, particularly in Australia, that monogramming and personalization of fashion was really big and working really well. And I just thought, I think that there's more space for personalization in beauty and not just in terms of customization of formulas, but also aesthetically, like in terms of packaging, what the product looked like. And I was like, if we could create something that was like beautiful and functional and we can monogram the packaging, like I'll just try and do it from there kind of thing. And so I, yeah, started it at home. I did a diploma in organic skincare formulation to learn the basics from a school called Formula Britannica, which I really recommend if anyone's interested in the space. And I worked with a graphic designer who was the graphic designer that I knew from Stylecaster and she kind of did the packaging made a Squarespace site myself. And then I was like, you know, off to the races, things just snowballed and and picked up organically from there. Oh my goodness. Okay. And then what was, because I heard you talking on a podcast. So you also had been going through, I heard you say something like New York acne. Is that a thing? Oh my gosh. If you moved to, okay, this is definitely a thing. And maybe it was also like (laughs) coming from Bondi Beach where my skin oh was my just, god <laughs> you know it was like the salty air and my lifestyle was in the mornings I went for a walk on the beach and would go for a swim to moving to literally like Greenwich Village in the <laughs> in the middle of winter and my skin just flipped out like it was not 
it was not having it. And before that, I don't think that I had been, I don't know, like I was interested in skincare, but I wasn't, I didn't need to do anything to my skin. You know, I was right. 23. You're just a beach babe, 23 year old, right? Yeah. Like just throw some like jojoba oil on every now and again and like she'll be fine. <laughs> but then I actually had a skin condition that I needed to do something to fix. And I just like really kind of was very much more like selective about what I was putting on my face. I stopped kind of trialing products, which is like a big thing if you're working in the space, like so much lands in your desk and you're constantly trying different things. And I feel like it oversensitizes your skin as well if you're using lots of products. So that just really like that experience made me just much more cognizant about what I was putting on my skin and like picking like a simple like a really simple routine that was rooted in jojoba oil, which is just this like beautiful, magical ingredient. Yeah. What is it about jojoba oil that just feels like the like everything? Like it just is good in everything, makes your skin feel amazing. Okay. That's so cool. So you went, so you got that diploma. I love that. Studied it. Then you started obviously creating things out of your apartment. You're the graphic designer. And what was like the difference? I'm laughing. I'm just laughing to myself because I similarly went from, digital space, I was working like freelance, social media. And then in 2014, I decided to open a juice business in a beach town in Montauk, which is, there's a lot of Australians there because from New York City, because they're like, oh, in the summer, this is the closest thing we have. So what you're saying, like waking up, walking on the beach. I'm like, so I was out there and I remember being like the extreme difference of working in the digital space to then working with like a physical product, like packing stuff up and things expire. And it was just such a big shift for me. In some ways, it was really satisfying. But in other ways, I was like, oh my God. So what was that like going from being like, okay, yeah, I write, I'm working in these huge digital properties, but now I have to like, like, how did you, did you have people working for you? Or how did you handle like the, the physical of all of that? I think a lot of people who are makers, like I respect anyone who's has a physical product a lot. Yeah. And like, I loved having something tangible. Everything that I'd done before felt so like ephemeral. It was just a post on the internet that would disappear. And I loved having a physical thing that was beautiful, that I could see, that I could touch. And I also loved creating beautiful content for the brand. I loved like when, you know, the design of the website, I loved working with our graphic designer on the branding, like all of that piece of it is really just like speaks to me. And Yeah, I worked with, I like, I honestly can't remember how I found our partners. It was just like a process of reaching out to people in my community. And we found partners that were based out of Utah. So, you know, a lab, we have a pretty highly specialized fulfillment process. So we also found a partner there to work with us on fulfillment. And that is kind of, you know, who was looking after that piece so that I could really focus on the marketing and the branding, the comms, like what my strength is in the business. And I could have partners who could look after the operation stuff, which like isn't necessarily my like skill set. Okay. Knowing your strengths, always an important, you know, business advice for sure. Okay. And so now where we're at, now you have a podcast, where where did that come from in this journey? When did that come about? We're talking like mid pandemic. I, oh my gosh, so many things happened and basically had to leave the US for what ended up being 10 months. We thought it would be two, but my husband lost his job and we lost our visas. So we had to leave and I ended up, couldn't get back into Australia. Australia had some really strict laws around getting in and hotel quarantines and all of this. So we went to the UK spent Mm -hmm. 10 months there. And during that time, like I think so many people during this time were like really rethinking 
what their contribution to the world is and having these like, you know, these like existential conversations with themselves. And I was like really thinking about where I wanted to take the business. It was like becoming pretty clear that I needed to pivot. The customization space had become much more crowded and I wanted to move out of oils into other SKUs and, and really try and like understand who our customer is. And I was having these conversations with women who I'd been really lucky to connect with as an editor and a writer, you know, I'd been covering their brands since they launched. And as they'd grown, also they'd gained all of this experience and knowledge that now I had access to. So I was having these conversations, kind of asking like, you know, what do you think about this? Where should I find someone to help me with this? Blah, blah, blah. And it kind of just like dawned on me how valuable those conversations are and how few people have direct access. So instead of kind of hoarding that information to myself. I'm also someone who like exists, like everything I create is pretty much automatically like in the world. I'm not someone who just creates art like for myself. I just can't do that. I'm definitely someone who like anything of value, like I immediately share and tell people about. It's like very much who I am. And so, yeah, we started, started off just doing workshops because that was just kind of the easiest thing that I could think of to, to test this out. And I hosted a number of workshops with different entrepreneurs and I just kind of like brought them in for my network and I was like, hey, what is moving your business forward right now? And so, for example, we had Ali Kriegsman who founded a business called Bulletin and she said, my network has been has been so instrumental to this business. I can teach a class in how to build your network in a really intentional way and then leverage that network. So we did a, you know, a free class that she hosted for my community and her community and then we kind of snowballed from there into also launching the podcast. Now we've got an in-person event happening on the 7th of April in New York City. And it's kind of just been snowballing. Mm. Oh my God, that's so fun. I love that. As someone who's like a lifelong learner and like as I have a podcast because I love like listening to conversations with interesting people. I think that's so fun to, like you said, not gatekeep, share all that information, but how valuable that is. Because again, it's not even just like stuff you learn in a classroom. It's like real lived experience from real people doing it. Yeah. And I also just felt like, you know, I was listening to podcasts like How I Built This and love it. So inspiring, but just not not at all something that <laughs> I can implement in my business today. Like it's totally irrelevant. You know, people who built their business in the 90s, like, yes, there are some business principles that like definitely are true today. But I want to know what someone did that sent them viral on TikTok last week, you know, like right. that's the stuff that's valuable to me. So I wanted to have those conversations. That's such a good point. As someone who, well, you know, I met you through Audrey. Audrey is a huge How I Built This fan, but that, that is so true. Like, no, what did someone do like last month? They're like, what are they doing right now? So I guess I'm kind of putting you on the spot with this, but do you have, I mean, I listened to your podcast to like, you know, get ready for this interview. But is there like a conversation that stands out to you or something or something that was really like paradigm shifting or eye-opening of, of one of the conversations you had? That I'm sure a lot of them, but something that stands out that was like really helpful? Yeah, honestly, all of them are great. I think that there are some like themes that run throughout the conversations that are really interesting. And no, not even just on the podcast, just like today I was working for my co-working space and there are a number of different female founders who work in that space. And I was chatting with them just like, hey, what's like, what's working in your business right now? And the only thing that is converting, and this is something that is really only, I think, applicable to women-led businesses. I don't think male-led businesses have the same expectation or opportunity. 
And that is founders as the face of the brand and really like founders being at the front of TikTok content. And, you know, these women I'm speaking to are like, I didn't think that being a business owner meant that I was going to be a part-time content creator or a full-time content creator. Like I'm interested in product innovation and I'm interested in business, but I'm an influencer now, you know, and Mm. that's kind of this really interesting thing that putting yourself as the spokesperson for your brand is like the cheapest, quickest, best way to connect with people and to sell product. Oh my God. That's so interesting and so true. And like you said too, like the, I like you said something I was trying to take notes, but I don't, you said like the expectation, but also the opportunity isn't really there with like as much with like um, male led businesses, because I think it's so true. Like, and it's both, it's like the expectation, but also like the blessing of it. And I think that's very in line with the astrology that like we're in and moving through. And I'm always looking at like, you know, what's happening in the business and creative landscapes to the astrological lens. And it's just being this thing about like really authentic leadership or authentic, like people are just like, just get like, we want to know who we're buying this from, like who are we working with versus like, yes, the product should have a certain level of integrity. But like you said, so many spaces are so crowded. There's not much new to create under the sun. Yes. Of course, once in a while, like crazy innovation happens, but it's more about like, oh, I could get a lot of different, you know, skin care items. But like, I really like Jasmine's vibe on TikTok. And I like mm. her and who she is and, and how she shares things. And I feel like I know her and I feel like she's a friend through that. So I think that's great. And I guess even though the social media has like a lot of blessings and curses, I really think it's this like great equalizer where you could go on with 50 followers and just starting your company. Or if you have, you know, 5 million followers, it's the same internet connection. It's the same platform. So you have the chance to do that and and put that part of you forward. And that's what I think is fun to watch. Like the people, especially with TikTok, because Instagram is a little easier to fake it. Like slap a filter on it, get some like some presets, get some like nice fluffy quotes. But TikTok is like, no, show me your vibe. Like show me your energy. Like who, who are you? And I think that's been so interesting to watch. Like well, some people, like, it's just not it on TikTok. You're like, it's not translating. But some people are like thriving in ways they might not have had before. I just started following you on TikTok, by the way. I mean, I'm just, so like, this is something that I, as like a millennial content creator, I struggle with TikTok because it is like, you have so raw on TikTok and I and so raw. You know, while the same like principles of storytelling and whatever apply, I find it like really difficult. I think that, I think like when Gen Z use TikTok, they see it as this really like ephemeral thing. Whereas for me, I think my great grandchildren are going to look at this content. Like, do I want this to be my legacy? (laughs) Oh my God. Which is not the way to think about it. (laughs) I love, you were going to talk about it, but you have a Capricorn stellium. I love that the Capricorn, your chart's like, what are the long lasting implications Mm. of this TikTok? And like, what am I building and leaving behind me? That's hilarious. And I think it's a good thing to think about also that like guest stuff on the internet lives forever. And that's why I think, oh my God, one day I like had this really funny dream and I woke up from it and I had been talking with Audrey, my business partner, about how amazing her grandparents were. And they just had some really amazing like things happen to them in their life. But I was like, wow, these people are impressive. And I woke up from this dream after talking to her and I was like, hmm, like if you're an influencer who's just like, hawking a product or just hawking like I look good in this outfit and like links I'm like what are you gonna tell your grandkids like I feel this when like Instagram isn't even a word in our total everyday vernacular anymore 
So that's why I think so much is like plugging into your why. Like, okay, yes, you're telling the product, but how am I making people feel? How am I making them feel like connected or engaged? Or it's okay to like hawk products. Like we all got to pay our bills. And also we believe in some of those products. But I think that was the day, it was a few years, like three years ago. And I was like, okay, like that's fine to be an influencer, but like, what's your why behind that? And same thing with the TikToks. Like, yeah, some people are just going on TikTok and like acting a fool because of course it's going to go viral or, but like for you, like even just telling the story or sharing your tips, like you have such a nice, welcoming, very grounded energy. We're going to talk about that. You have a lot of earth in your chart. And I think actually your grounded energy might feel really good on TikTok because TikTok Mm -hmm. to me sometimes feels like this like frenetic, like everything's so fast and the nature of it is. So I feel like leading into that and for myself, I've struggled with TikTok so much. And now I'm like, I just go on when I feel like I need to turn. And like, if I had to say something to a friend, like, hey, by the way, today's astrology is really weird. Like, I just think you should know. I'm like, I just go on TikTok and say it. I'm like, guys, I look so messy right now. And I don't have the energy to be like, and I don't do anything like smash cut edits. I'm like, hey, guys, it's weird out there. You're not alone. (laughs) And that's all I got to say about that. I mean, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, I feel, I definitely feel you with like the frenetic energy on TikTok. Like I I find myself, I don't use it a ton. Like I'll jump on, I'll do, create some of my own content. I'll do a little scroll, but like do usually it's people sending me stuff. I quite like Instagram stories because it feels slow and I feel like I can speak. And then TikTok, I'm not sure like how I exist on that platform. I love, see, as I love how honest and authentic, this is the shit that we need on TikTok though, is like, <laughs> I appreciate how honest and self-reflective you are and like transparent. Okay. So I love hearing, you know, you're such a wealth of information from your own experience of, I mean, writing and building a whole career, being a fashion editor for a digital publication at like your early twenties. I can't imagine the things that you've learned along the way. And then like, you know, creating a physical product and then launching a podcast, building the community and now where you're in like regular conversation with such interesting women right on the front lines of business, I always, I'm a Virgo, you have a lot of Virgo, you're Virgo rising, you have a lot of earth in your chart. So I love things that are like practical takeaways, like something that people listening to this podcast can be like, okay, that was really inspiring, but this is also something I can do today. So is there anything that you'd want to share? I mean, from your wide, big range of like a toolkit from, you know, getting started with writing or skincare tips, or even like you said, like business principles that feel really relevant to you. Is there something you'd want to share with our audience as like your Cosmic Rx for them, their prescription? Mm. There is one platform that I recommend to a lot of people. And that is, you know, and this is for entrepreneurs generally, but I think they're going to branch out into other types of content, but it's called Class Rebel. And what they offer, it is the most practical, helpful, easy to understand business skills courses you can do. And Mm. they sell them all separately. It's $99 per course and you have access for life and they redo the courses every six months. So you're getting really recent knowledge. Wow. It's great. I did one on fundraising. I'm not raising money, but it was just this thing that people were talking about all the time in my network. And I wanted to be able to be, you know, I wanted to be like well-versed in that topic and be able to like have those conversations. And so I did the Class Rebel course and it was amazing. They also have one on like negotiating an equity comp if you work for a startup. So like understanding how that all works. So that's definitely a really, really great resource for anyone who's kind of, yeah, interested in starting a business. 
And I've got a list of stuff here, actually, that I'm going to bring up. I, I love your <laughs> rising. I have a full list. That is huge. I mean, I think because that's also anyone listening is like me. I can definitely get like that overwhelm analysis paralysis of like, yeah, I want to learn about anything in business. You're constantly teaching yourself something as an entrepreneur. But like, where do I start? Where do I look? I do a Google search. The first few results feel like these really like stale websites from written by people who are you know, not even in the same field as I'm in. But I love that they update stuff every six months. And it feels like, yeah, if, if you vouch for it, I, I wrote it down for myself. I'm like, okay, class rebel. Yeah, it's great. You'll love it. They give you like templates and they work you through how to create your financial model and all of these things that you can't just learn through a podcast or a TikTok video. You actually need somebody to teach you how to do it. And you don't have to do an MBA. You can just pick and choose the skills that you need and learn it through Class Rebel. Uh, how modern, how refreshing. I know. It's amazing. Okay. I'm going to find this list for you because I do have one and I want to share it. You find the list. While you do that, I'm going to pull up your chart because then right after that, I want... I'm dying to dig into some things I love about your chart that were just popping out while you were talking. I'm just going to get ahead of myself with your reading, but so everyone has a North node in their chart and it's their like highest soul's purpose. So it's like your destiny line. It's like how you are meant to be growing the most in this life. And the more you lean into that, the more usually like openness you find, you know, flow, abundance, the more you kind of feel like you're in that like okay, that stream of like things are happening, you know, in an e the way with ease, but it takes us a little while to figure it out. It's usually like post-Saturn return is when we kind of feel ourselves really in that North Node activation. And your North Node is an Aquarius. So it's very much about technology and it's in your house of creativity. So being creative is very much part of your purpose, but Aquarius is like kind of always being on the forefront. So a few years ago, social media was Aquarius. Now it's sort of transitioning out of that into more Gemini. But Aquarius is always like, what's the next thing? Like, what's the next technology, you know, innovation? So we can like move society forward into something different. And North Node Aquarius is very much about people and community. And you mentioned yourself that you're a community builder. And like building is my keyword for Taurus. So I'm like, okay, Taurus Sun, North Node Aquarius, community builder. It makes so much sense for you. But I've heard you mention maybe five or six times now on this podcast referencing like your network and your people and how important it seems to you that like not only to kind of build a community, but also what you're getting and, and giving within that community. So would you just let people know, like when you say my network, are these like your friends? Are you a part of networking groups? Obviously you're in a co-working space. Like how have you cultivated this network? Because it is a huge part of what you're here to do and teach others about. Yeah, I think there are a few ways. So first of all, if you have any kind of platform where you can share people's stories, it's a networking hack for sure. Like I had somebody else's platform. I was an editor so I could share other people's stories. I really advocated for telling the stories of small business owners and cool, interesting people that I was finding online and amplifying their story. And then you're, that person will remember you forever and you're connected with them. And if you, particularly if you believe in them and that's why you're covering them and writing about them, they're going to go on to do really great things. And then your network becomes more, and I don't want to say like valuable because they're powerful, but it becomes more valuable because their network increases as their career progresses. So I think mm. that was like a really powerful way to start my career, even though I think that there are a lot of other things I could have done with the same skill set. I think that that set me the foundation of having 
actually like great friends who have gone on to do really cool things who are now like in my corner as I want to do my own stuff, you know? So I think that working in media has a lot to be said for it because of that, for sure. And then a podcast, that is a networking hack. Like having a podcast is just the best, like people listening would be absolutely shocked with the people who say yes to coming on a podcast. Like it is the best way. Like I get to have conversations with women that normally getting an hour of their time would be almost impossible. And I can have an hour of their time. I can show them what my understanding is of their space. I can connect with them in this really personal way. Like we're on camera talking, like really focused on each other for an hour. And that again is like a connection that then I have forever. And like I've added value to them. I haven't just gone to them and extracted something. I've gone to them and said, can I tell your story and share it with more people? And it's instantly, it's finding those ways to add value to people that you respect that then I think builds your network over time. Oh, okay. Such two amazing tidbits and tools. I love that. Like, absolutely. That's why, you know, I was so passionate about starting this podcast. Like there's so many people that I want to talk to or, or that I do talk to in private and I want to, mm-hmm. you know, share and, and learn. And you're absolutely right about that. And then I love what you said about like, yeah, like if you have a platform to feature other people on or hyping them up, or even if someone's like not in media, you're kind of reminding me of years ago, I read something about like horizontal networking, like, yes, peer mentorship. Yeah, like when you're like, watch someone, you're like, they're doing something cool. Like, let me link up with them now versus I feel like we always think about like networking and trying to get with someone who's in a much different stratosphere than us. And then they grow and you grow. And I, when I was able to have like a brick and mortar shop in Brooklyn and Montauk, that was my favorite part of like, I want to feature cool brands and and artisans and and they're just starting, but I see that they're going to be doing something big one day. So like, let's just grow together, which is way more fun and also way more accessible. And then, you know, I think the podcasting has allowed me to do that in in more of this like digital realm. So this is why I had to ask you. I knew you're going to have a great answer. And you know what? Like this is something I think Cindy Ramirez, the founder of Chill House, said this on an episode of our podcast. And that was that when you're at a panel event, the people who are sitting in the audience with you are going to move your business forward or move your career forward more than the people sitting on the panel. Like connections with the people who are really interested in the same thing that you are, who are motivated enough to like be at these events, whether they're in person or virtual, like they are the people that are going to grow as you grow. And they're going to be like the authentic friendships that you're going to have. And the people who will know the answers to the questions that you have at that time, building things at the same time that you are. So I think like really focusing on the people around you who are like at the same stage as you is really like, don't spend all your time trying to hit up like Emily Weiss at Glossier, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh my goodness. Okay. Such, such, such a juicy, juicy gem there. Okay. So do you have your list pulled up? I do. I've got it. Okay. So these are some of the themes that I'm seeing from the founders that we're interviewing who are building businesses like right now. And one of them is like that TikTok launch strategy and the founder is the face of TikTok, which people who are bootstrapping right now, like that is what they're doing and that's how they're getting traction. There's a business called Contour Cube and she literally, she's in Sydney. She had this idea and 3D printed a facial icing tool at home and did a TikTok video about the process of creating this product and sold like $20,000 in a couple of weeks, which like, you know, that's not how most people go, but like just, it does illustrate what can be done 
on that channel Absolutely. right now. I think it's really interesting. I have never had anything go viral on TikTok. I've never made any money from TikTok. So like, let's be clear. This I is somebody else's. <laughs> I have never. <laughs> like, I, I am yeah. not across TikTok. I am sadly like an Instagram millennial, but I'm trying. <laughs> Another thing that people do, which is a common theme, is like finding like really clever ways to get a little bit more credibility day by day from the beginning. And there are so many different ways to do this. The playbook isn't being like reinvented with new channels. Like it can be done through press. Like that's one way of getting credibility. It can be a partnership with someone who's more established. You can lean on someone who's a subject matter expert and either pay them or gift them or whatever to get them on your team. But you really want to find some way to borrow someone else's credibility. So think about like what value can you offer them in return for their credibility and their like stamp of approval. And that could be as simple as like you're offering an editor a really interesting story or it could be you're paying someone or it could be you've built like a a small following or an email list and you can offer a partnership to a new audience, something like that. So like clever ways to get credibility, I feel like is what, businesses who do well are doing right now. Oh, I love that. Clever ways to get credibility. And I always love thinking about what you can offer. What uh, another common theme I'm hearing, whether it's yeah, getting to, you know, network with someone mm-hmm. or it's like this thing of like, what can I offer them to this two way street, right? Like um, one of my mentors who was really big in like the health and wellness space in, in New York city a few years ago. And she'd be like, everyone's like, can I pick your brain? Can I do this? And she's like, ah, uh, like, I don't have time for that. But like, if you could offer me something of value, like, or come to one of my panels and maybe ask a question after or see if we can do an exchange with our brands or something that's like, we're all busy. We all have like, it's not like a thing about, you know, being demanding, but it's like, hey, is this a win-win, like win-win-win also Mm -hmm. for our communities? I think that's a great way of thinking about things because we're all human. We all need something or are looking for some kind of another like opportunity. So I think approaching if you're looking whether to network or yeah, like kind of gain that credibility through someone, what can I offer to them? And if it's not money, then can I get creative? So I love that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And one book that I hear again and again from the founders that I interview is Start With Why. I can't remember the name of the author, but that is basically a business book that teaches you or really like preaches that what you should be doing before you have a product, before you have your branding, before anything happens like within your business, like you need to have your core belief of like, why are you doing this? Because that's what people buy into. That's what marketing is. That is what product innovation should come from. Like everything needs to start with your why. And I don't know if this is again, like something that is a theme specifically among female founders that they are really like mission driven and there needs to be like a higher purpose. Like I'm definitely seeing this. I don't know if the guys are the same, like, I don't know, but the women that I speak to are really mission focused. Yeah. And, and they really recommending this book to help you like figure out what that, like how to decide what that why is and also what to do with it once you've kind of like found what your why is. Oh, I love having you on. I love these actionable books. Listen, I was going to ask you to share one cosmic art actually like Here's a bullet pointed list of amazing <laughs> resources. I'm like, cover the whole gamut. You're so generous. Thank you. So should we talk about your birth chart a little bit and a few of my favorite parts of it? I'm so excited. First of all, have you ever had a professional astrology reading? Like, are you? Yeah, years ago. But yes, I love it. I'm into okay. it. Okay. So we love it. We're open. Okay. So 
obviously. First of all, I have to shout out that we both have Pisces moons. So we're very creative. We're very dreamy. We have to do something that's like helping us feel, yeah, creatively plugged in. There has to be purpose to what we're doing. Like you have a lot of earth in your chart, but that Pisces moon and your Mars and Pisces keeps you really, yeah, like wanting to do something that makes people feel good or make you feel good. Like you want to be here to like bring more something, love, creativity, unity, making the world a better place. And it's not just coming from, I think as someone who has the same placement, you know, I think it took me a while to realize that not everyone has that. Cause when mm. you're yourself, you only see your own perspective. And now obviously we, as of a few years ago, every company is trying to be more conscious and people are putting out like, this is why we're doing this. But a lot of times it's just an empty tagline or something that just feels very flat. But for you and your Pisces moon, I, I see in you like anything that you do is going to come from that place of like, no, I really do want to help people. I really want that. I really like have such a desire to offer whatever it is, like my magic, my art to the world, which is so beautiful. And it also makes you, I'm very curious about your relationship with your intuition. Do you find that you're intuitive? Tell me about this. Uh, look, my mother is extremely intuitive and she's very big on like trying to get me to tap into that more. It's something that I've kind of been exploring a little bit more over the last year. I think that it's something that when I've spoken with different people in this space, it's a common theme of people like, I feel like it's something you're definitely going to explore more over the next few years and like tap into it more. But no, it's not. I don't feel like I'm super, I don't know, intuitive necessarily. I definitely like have like that gut check, but I'm not, sometimes I'm like, is this anxiety or is this intuition? I don't know. <laughs> Who is this? Who's on the line right now? Um, is, I know. Well, first of all, that is I want to validate for you and everyone listening that like, yes, there are some people who are just born like trusting their intuition to a point where I'm like, damn, girl has balls with just like being like a message just came through for you. Uh, your guides are telling you a message. My relationship with my intuition was realizing that like it speaks to me in really like a really unique way that I've had to learn how to trust and even like learning for you. I will just say you're very intuitive. You have your sun, which is like your, how you illuminate life and where your brilliance is and what you're meant to evolve into your mercury, how you process the outside world and gather information you have it in your eighth house, which is a very psychic part of your chart, very connected into higher realms of, so your mercury is not just taking in this information. It's taking in like things that we really can't see or perceive with our eyes and ears, and then your Pisces moon, which our moons do connect us to our mother and our relationships. So it makes sense that you have a like intuitive mom. So you have a lot of that. I think you do have a lot of earth in your chart and a lot of parts of your chart that are very analytical and cerebral and grounded. So it also makes sense that there's an, kind of a built in like, mm, is that my intuition or mm, is that my anxiety or is that the... Mm, interesting. <laughs> but I actually like because it just means that you're discerning. And if you would want to be more open to that, I would recommend to absolutely learn what that feels like to you and finding like the framework. Like it's, it's kind of funny, but your intuition might come to you after business ideas. Since you are very entrepreneurial minded, you could like pay attention to what songs you hear randomly. That could be your intuition speaking to you. If like random songs come on at times or like for me, I, I feel very intuitive. Astrology has given me a better framework because I do have a lot of earth in my chart and I'm a born and raised New Yorker. So I could know something about someone, 
But without being able to point to it in a birth chart, it's very hard for me just to go up to someone and be like, hey, um, like I'm I'm not that bold in my intuition, but like I do like having this like graph and this chart and be like, hey, and if you don't believe me, you do your own research on it. Cause like, who am I really? Like I'm not gonna just tell you everything about your life, but <laughs> this is what I'm seeing for you. And and time and time again, it, it really has checked out. So I think just finding like that framework, I think being in nature would probably be really helpful for you. And because so much of your chart, which I'll carry on to other parts, is really about like you get a lot of your like reset and clarity and um, connection into like your own inner wisdom from, yeah, being like in nature, being at least grounded, having like time to also like taking things slow is very important for you, which is funny. You have a part of your chart that loves speed. So you're, when you were talking before about like wanting, I think it was like high school, you're like, I just wanted to be like in business and work in PR. And like, you're like, I'm so motivated. I was like, okay, well, all of your chart, that's all earth, like lit up to me. I'm like, well, you have your sun, Mercury, Taurus, your Capricorn stellium, your Virgo rising, Virgos love to work. Like from a young age, they're like, I need to do, do something with my life. <laughs> and then your Venus and Aries, which is just like in your seventh house of partnerships, it just brings you speed in places. It makes you want to go. Like the second you get an impulse or an idea, like you do want to act on it. And Venus and Aries is all about also like usually people have that placement want to work from a young age because Venus mm-hmm. rules our money. Aries is independence. And there's something about like, I want to be out in the world. I want to be doing something. I want to be making something. I want to like, go. there's a kind of a fire in your belly. So yeah, you have a lot in your chart that makes you a fantastic like business person and very grounded. And I'm laughing at all your TikTok commentary because there is a lot of your chart too. That's like very old soul energy. Like- not TikTok energy. <laughs> like it's like it's like it's like I don't I don't, I don't know. know. Like like I mentioned before, like you have these three planets in Capricorn and Capricorn's like Capricorn's all about like long term like I always think of Capricorn's like I rather own less things that are like high quality, never mm-hmm. gonna go out of style. Like Capricorn is not fast fashion. Capricorn is like mm-mm. like you know what always looks good? A black blazer and like a Chanel bag. Like I don't really need to wear like a lime green crop top set. Like, um, so you have all this like Capricorn. So I think of you with that in like that part of your chart about TikTok, like, cause it's in your fifth house of creativity and how you express yourself. So it's like how you want to express yourself in the world. You want to have substance, you want to have integrity and you want it to be something that lasts like for a long time. So that makes so much sense. So now if you want to TikTok, it's like, how can I be the, Chanel bag. How can I be? Yes, this resonates so much. Like, how can I be like the, you know, vintage Levi straight leg jean? Like, it's, forget it, skinny jeans, straight leg, like, whatever. Like, there's certain jeans that always look good on you and always going to fit. How can I beat that mm. on the TikTok sphere? And and kind of think about, like, this content can be relevant in five years from now, five years in the past. So that's like an interesting, you know, framework for you. And I'm very curious. Again, I mentioned like, you know, you have your Virgo rising, which means your Mercury rules, which your Mercury is in Taurus in the eighth house, very psychic. And Mercury is a big part of your chart. This episode, I think, is going to come out during Gemini season. And you're a Gemini midheaven. So your highest like career point, your highest public image self is in Gemini. And that's almost like I always tell people, imagine like you have a, like a sky, like a multiverse of clouds and stars. And all of that is like your purpose, and all the ideas and creativity and things you have. And then I always think of your midheaven is like the funnel down to earth. Like 
how are you bringing that to earth? How, what's like your channel? It's like your platform. And within that, it can take a variety of expressions. Um, that's why I really don't believe that our purpose is static. Like maybe some people like figure out what they want to do and do it for like 60 years. But I think for a lot of us, it's like, oh no, there's a, a realm that I thrive in. And your midheaven is a lot about helping you also amplify your message to the most people and like having the most people see it and perceive it and, and benefit from it. And for you, that's in Gemini, which is the sign of the writer, which is the sign of like the mystical messenger. It's also though, to take it one level further, it's like the cosmic connector. And it's the sign of like socializing and networking and two is better than one. And let's put our heads together. It's a sign of the twins. Uh, it's the first sign of the Zodiac that like acknowledges like the other person, not just myself. So when your Gemini is your midheavens Gemini, words, writing, everything you did and you continue to do, but like this thing around like making these connections and Audrey, my business partner, who knows she has a Gemini moon and I was like, your superpower is your connections. Like the way she cultivates them, creates them, or she'll just go out, like maybe how you do too, like goes to an event, she comes home, she's like, oh, I met like the CEO of Reebok. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like two on a Tuesday? Like I was just like, watching Netflix and doing a face mask. Like, um, so like you have so much power in that. And then Gemini is also like the storyteller. So telling those stories and like weaving them and Gemini is the teacher. So I love how even today you're like, well, one of my tips is a book and a place where you can go and learn forever. Cause Gemini is like the perpetual student teacher archetype and through the twins. So I really, everything in this interview, I was really actually feeling your, your Gemini in midheaven kind of come through a lot. So before I move on, does any of that, do you have any questions or anything resonate from anything I said? All of that resonates so much. I've been told the Gemini Midheaven thing before, but I haven't had it like explained in quite that way. And oh my gosh, that definitely resonates. Yeah, I feel it so much. It was so fun hearing you talk before. So things coming up down the pike for you. We have a lot, a lot going on in your chart right now. So we get to what I love about astrology is it's weather. So it's like, if you know what's coming, you can make the most out of it, right? Like, okay, great. It's going to be windy, but I can go surfing. Not the day to like go outside with a fresh blowout and like try and be on a conference call on my AirPods, but like, okay, we're, we're working with this. We're working with the weather. So first thing is you're about to go through your Mars return this month in April. So end of April, you're going to have a transit that happens once every two years. The last time it happened was really early on in COVID times, like March, 2020. So your Mars return, which I know for you is a very interesting like Mars return because the world was like falling apart. Yeah. But your Mars return is a time where it's almost like you get a mojo back, you get energy back, you get something like your inspiration. Mars is your divine ambition. Through you, it's in Pisces. So it's all about like connected to a new idea or your imagination, new creativity. And it's in your sixth house. So it might have something to do with like definitely your work in the world. That's like how our work shows up everyday life. It's also about health, wellness, rituals. It's also about like connecting to support. It's like the house of coaching and coaches also. Mm. So just noticing, I just want you to pin that. So end of April, you're going to have six weeks where you're going to feel like inspired or go. And I want you to like, just let yourself run with that. Like feel magnetic, see where it's taking you. Because it's kind of like revving up um, your engine for the next two years of like new ideas, new inspiration, and like what kind of gets you out of bed in the morning. Does that make sense? I love that. Yeah, that sounds like a great transit. Right? And it's going to be like 
conjunct Jupiter this year, which is very rare, only happens every 12 years. So you're getting like, it's a lot of amplification and it's a lot of like beauty and healing and your Mars and Pisces. Sometimes Mars and Pisces is funny because Mars is the god of war, wants to be direct. And Pisces is like, war? Why war? Like Pisces is like, woo, like the ocean. <laughs> it's like this like direct part of your chart, but then it's like, hey, like, Let's just flow and see where this takes us. So with it being your Mars return this year, uh, right now with Jupiter and Pisces, it may just feel like things happen that you can't even expect. Like don't try and make things linear during that time. But if you, I would set some intentions before of like, these are three things that I want to have flow to me during my Mars return. And then you just trust that Pisces energy to bring it to you in like the most unexpected and like almost miraculous ways. So there's that. And then you have, April 30th, a huge, huge, huge solar eclipse, new beginning happening in Taurus. So I think that these next six months might bring a lot of big change for you in just like who you are, your identity, how you show up in the world, your mindset, and it could really affect you big money wise. It's in your eighth house, which is not only our psychic occult part of our house, but it's intimacy, it's other people's money, it's investments, it's like... Taurus is also like real estate, beauty, value. So at the end of this month, you don't have to like DM me or text me and let me know what happens. But I will. It's a pretty big eclipse because it's conjunct Uranus and the North Node. And then that'll break in like a pretty busy six months for you of change and lots of new opportunities around like making money, especially. And and through your you're married, you said. Mm-hmm. And good opportunities to make money somehow through your partnerships, which is your marriage, but also like significant business partnerships. Okay. All right. Does that feel good? That sounds amazing. Okay. We love that for you. We love an April 30th. Amazing. Like you have these eclipses going through and then you'll kind of feel again, end of October, early November, another big change coming in in how you make money because it'll be going through your second house then. So pay attention, just say yes, just be like, yes, universe, more of that, please. Open to new ways of making money. And it may feel something like making money in a way that's in deeper alignment with your values, if that makes sense to you too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. So that's what we have coming up down the pike. I want to be we already went over. I want to be honored of your time. I already have you way over here. I could like have this conversation all day. I know. I'm like, oops, <laughs> we just talked for an hour. Um, So obviously you're so generous with your wisdom. I've got to ask you because I can't have on a Taurus and not ask like skincare product. What's a product that you're living for loving right now? Okay. There are a few. I love, love, love the, and this is an expensive product, but it's excellent. And it's, you know, and like quite a culty product. People love it. It is the SkinCeutical CE Frolic Acid Serum. Everyone loves it. It's worth the money. Like, oh my God, I just bought that. And I find, I couldn't, I was like, should I spend the money on this? And like, everyone is obsessed with it. Yeah. Okay. I'm so happy that the Taurus just like validated that purchase for me. Thank you. (laughs) And then what else is great? I love a microcurrent device. I think that if you mm. are doing like some microcurrent, either the face gym or the new face, like kind of like the two, one of those, if you're doing that a couple of times a week in the morning, it just makes your skin look incredible. I, I just highly recommend it. I was actually speaking with the girlfriend the other day and I was like, hey, like your skin is looking so good. What are you doing differently? And she said that she just started using the new face a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. So highly recommend that. 
And then the final product that I love is, I feel like I've got it on my desk here. It's the uh, sunscreen. It's called Glow Screen from Supergoop. Have you used this before? See, this is why I got potential from my guides. This is how my guides speak to me through product placement. I have not, but one of my clients the other day, I was like, you look great. What are you using? And then she sent me the link later on and it was that. So now I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to buy it. It's amazing. It. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't need to put like any cover, like I don't put any foundation or anything on. Mm. I just use that. And it just, is that what you have on now? Because you do have a lovely have like I'm a glow. little sweaty now kind of. Oh, it's working for you though. It's, it's like a beautiful shimmer. It's amazing, <laughs> honey. No, it you're is a glowing. beautiful product. It is a beautiful product. And I think anything that makes you wear more SPF is good. Right? Oh my God. This is this is the beauty of being, I mean, you're still a baby. I'm older than you, but like, I feel like once you like hit 30, you're like, sunblock is your best friend. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, it is. It is. We love that. Okay, Jasmine, thank you so much. You were so generous with your time. Obviously, I know everyone's going to go subscribe to your podcast, do all the things, but what is the best way to reach out to you or the best place to find you if people want like to connect with you more? Yeah. So the podcast, you can just search female founder world, wherever you listen to podcasts and you can find me on Instagram at Jasmine Garnsworthy. Oh, perfect. Such a delight. Thank you for bringing all that Taurus beauty and wisdom here so generously. Thank you so much for coming on Jasmine. It's such a treat. Maddie, that was so fun. Thank you. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other Cosmic Baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you Cosmic Baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.